Greetings from the Athletics Recreation Center. A few pre-pod announcements for you. Children are to be under the supervision of a parent or guardian at all times. Valparaiso University is a smoke-free campus. Please refrain from using tobacco products anywhere on university property. We thank you for your cooperation. And now your hosts from Las Vegas, Nevada, Parker Gatewood, and from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Paul Oren. Welcome to Union Street Hoops! Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Union Street Hoops, a weekly podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball. I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter, and I'm joined today, as right. always. I am your co-host, Parker Gatewood, at Parker B. Gatewood on Twitter. Parker, it's 7.15 in the morning on Thursday. Yes. Just hours after Valpo played UC Riverside. Fresh off of it. Fresh off of a 73-60 to loss. Uh, and it kind of feels like talking about the loss right now is... Trying to put a Band-Aid over a gaping wound. Right. Uh, Valpo's got some problems. Uh, Tavon <laughs> Walker is out with mono. Joe Burton is out. Indefinitely. In, indefinitely. Maybe for good. Failing to meet university academic standards. Um, is this a case of deja vu here? It seems like something interesting is always happening to this team. At least the last two seasons anyway, right? I mean, you know, Jabril... Last season, now it goes down with injury. Now we have these things. The best player on last year's team missed four games with an injury at a crucial point of the season. Tavon Walker, the best player on this team, has missed four games with not really an injury, an illness. Mm-hmm. You know, you you you, you know, so that's tough. Um, and then uh, Jabril Adekoya missed twenty the last twenty four games of his collegiate career with uh, a, a university academic thing. And then uh, now Joe Burton, it looks like, uh, is is out. Um, we don't know a lot of details about it. Uh, Matt Loddick said, he actually, Matt Loddick really didn't say anything. Um, university released a statement yesterday, that uh, two hours before the game, that said that uh, for failing to meet university academic standards, Joe Burton was suspended, and that the university and Matt Loddick and everyone affiliated would have no more comment on the matter. That makes sense. Uh, the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, FERPA, states that you uh, you can't comment on somebody's grades. I know that. Uh, you know that. We all know that. Okay. And um, so after last night's game, uh, you know, Matt Loddick couldn't say a whole lot about the situation. Um, there is no timetable that anyone knows about. There's no, uh, not sure anything. I do know that on Tuesday, uh, when word of this came down, uh, Joe Burton um, flew to Houston, be with his family. Yep. Uh, I, he was going to go to Houston anyway. I think for the holidays, he's going to get a little bit of a break uh, between now and next week when they they tip off conference play. But uh, it's an odd situation there, and. Uh, he certainly was missed last night for Valpo. Um, 19 points in the first half. That was eerily reminiscent of the Milwaukee uh, uh, Horizon <laughs> League tournament game. game. Yep. Uh, somehow, some way, Valpo got it to a respectable final score of 73 to 60. Uh, but. There were all sorts of problems with this game last night, Parker. Yeah, there were a lot of problems, Paul. I mean, you look at shooting is obviously the one that stands out the most. Um, 12% from beyond the three-point line, 33% on the game. They had turnover problems. But... Those, are, those are Paul Oren shooting numbers. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest. 12.5%. I think you could. I think two out of ten you could make, Paul. I'm saying... I would, I think. That's fair. I can shoot four out of thirty-two. Sure. Now, if you put a Division One defender in front of me, I'm not <laughs> shooting four out of thirty-two. Well, no, neither no, would I. Okay, no, no. <laughs> so, like, I'm not trying to say, hey, you know, Coach Lotta put me on scholarship. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying I can do that. But come on, I'm not. They are on scholarship. Yeah. Four of thirty-two. It was, and you look at, you know, just combined between Bradford and Evelyn, it's that's one for twenty. What what do you what do you do after after a, a game like that when 
you know, Micah Bradford, 0 of 10. Bakari Evelyn, 1 of 10. Marcus Golder missed the first eight shots of the game. Do you want to go live in the gym? Or do you do you want to separate yourself from basketball for a little bit? I mean, that's a good question. You know, these are all those three players that you mentioned are all players who had played, you know, decently up to this point. And, you know, even, you know, Micah, you know, is he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot a lot. So, you know, it doesn't really matter whether he's on or off. He's someone that we've heard, you know, is there for scoring purposes and is there to put up points. Bakari is someone who's had over 30 points in a game this year or had 30 points in a game this year. So we know that he can sling it. And then Marcus is someone else who has proved that he can put the ball in the basket. So I think all those guys taking a bunch of shots really isn't the mystery. It's just how are they so ineffective against UC Riverside, right? UC Riverside came into the game 3-7. and seven. They had beaten Cal. That's a good win, beating Cal. Mm. But the rest of their games were not were not anything to get excited about. The only thing that I could really think is with two, two of your best scorers missing, that that means other people have to step up and take more shots than probably they're used to taking. And so maybe that's kind of a, you know, not a shock factor, but just like, oh, wow, I'm putting up more shots than than usual. Maybe you're taking ones that are a little different, more contested, or ones you might force just because you feel like you have to. Again, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm sure about that, but. I think the tough thing for Valpo in the UC Riverside game, and we'll get to the Santa Clara game in in a a minute, um, but the you know you come into the UC Riverside game and you think okay, Tavon is out with mono, not in California with the team. Joe Burton is out maybe for good, and he's back in Texas. So okay, so who who now generates offense? Well, let's look to Bakari Evelyn. Well, then Bakari gets hit with two fouls in the first half, goes over four from the floor. Does have an assist, but and and a turnover. But other than that, didn't do anything. You know, Marcus right. Golder is the other guy that you think, okay, here's someone who you think is going to come in and maybe be the guy, and he misses six shots and two three pointers in the first half, and they're just, you know, he did have two steals and that's great, but it just was a really flat performance. Okay, so now, now if those guys aren't going. You've got a volume scorer in Micah Bradford who, when he can get hot quick, he can generate a lot of points. He goes one for seven in the first half and misses all six of his three-pointers. And Parker, when it's on for Micah, it's good. And mm-hmm. you can you can deal with the 35-foot three-pointers that he takes. <laughs> right. He's in range when he crosses over the half. Sure, no, line. yeah, he can he can fire from anywhere. But when you miss those shots, man... It just is not a good look. No, right? no, yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially, you know, if you're taking six threes and a half and you don't connect on one of them, I mean, that's tough. Especially, like you mentioned, you know, my, Micah can hit from virtually anywhere, but, you know, if you're taking those kind of shots and they're not going down, and especially if your team is having trouble as a whole, getting into any kind of rhythm, I mean, that's tough. Interesting game, again, for for Valpo's perspective. Max Joseph, you're going to ride Max Joseph. He's a senior. And if you look at the rest of the team that played, like, so Max Joseph played 35 minutes. Then who is the next most experienced player on the floor? Well, you've got Soroya, Bradford, and Smiths all played um, they're all sophomores. Then you've got Bakari Evelyn, who is, you know, age-wise a junior, but he's only playing his second season of college basketball. And quite frankly, he's only playing, this is his first full season of basketball in like four years. Golder is a junior academically, but he's playing only his second season of college basketball in his first season of Division One. Kaiser was a former walk-on, and, you know, he's a sophomore. And then you've got off the bench, Parker Hazen, Martin Linson, and Malik McMillan are all freshmen. 
There's Max Joseph and everybody else in this game. Yep. They're a very, very young team. And that's, you know, that's kind of problematic when you look at at least the box score and what Max did because, you know, Max isn't a scorer. Max is someone who can lock down on defense and who's going to be a great leader on the court. But he's not someone that you want necessarily taking six three-pointers and nine shots. I mean, sure, maybe. I'm sure most of those would come from the lane. But he's not someone that you want to have to score, you know, 15 points in a game because you feel like you should have other options. Well, and, and Max, I'll tell you, for his for for him, he came into the game missing his first 10 three-pointers of the year. And... And apparently Matt Lodick had told Todd Eichau before the game at shoot-around, Max Joseph will hit his first two three-pointers of the year tonight. And he did, but now he's 2 of 16, being shooting 12.5%, which is a number that that's what Valpo shot. Uh, Valpo has taken 251 three-pointers this year, and they're shooting 32%. They're, wow. just, they're, not, they're not a great three-point shooting team. Now, that said, they are shooting... You know, better than their opponents who are shooting 29.6%. Uh, just a tough, tough overall game for Valpo, which is really too bad, Parker, because it comes on the heels of what looked like a good game. Yeah, a convincing, solid win. Against Santa Clara, where Valpo led by as many as 17 points in the second half, saw their lead cut down all the way to, to single digits, and then they held on for a victory. And that was a good game, you know. Joe Burton had 14 points in that game. It was the fourth straight game that he led Valpo in scoring after a stretch of games earlier this year where he just didn't do very of a two, three, and five points or something mm. like that. But, uh, you know, Burton looked good in that game. Uh, Marcus Golder, four of seven from the floor, two of three from the three-point line. He had 12 points. Bakari Evelyn had 11 points at four assists. They had 21 assists in that game against Santa Clara, which is something that they really have been struggling to move the ball, as was evidenced in the Riverside game. Uh, it's just there are four different players that had four assists in that game, including four from Derek Smiths, which if, if you can get the big guy passing the ball well, that's good. <laughs> right. It just the Santa Clara game made it look like, you know what, maybe everything's going to be okay. And then the Riverside game happens. Yeah, it was a good bounce back for sure. And... I think one of the most promising things about that game, like you had mentioned, was that Joe had been consistently playing well over the last couple of games, and then he goes into this game and puts out another scoring performance that leads the team. He had 14, and he shot it well, too. He was 5 for 9. He, had, he was 3 of 6 from deep. So that was a that was a big time plus, especially with Tavon out and you know showing that they can get a win against a team like Santa Clara without their best player. But now we face the situation of possibly no Joe Burton, and so then the next game you figure out, you know, well, well, who's up, and we found out that that was also the question that they were asking. It's one of the tough situations as Valpo's getting started for Missouri Valley Conference play. You spend all of your non-conference kind of gearing toward want to be ready to play for conference. And when they step on the floor at the at – the, uh, Indiana State on December 28th, they'll be fielding a team that has not really ever played together. You know, I mean, yep. I, I mean, they've obviously played together, but but you're you're going you're going to go into conference play now with maybe Tavon back after four games of missing with Mono, and he's going to build himself back, and without Joe Burton. So now, I mean, obviously Marcus Golder will stay in the starting lineup. I I would think, but. You really liked for a moment there, Golder coming off the bench and being yeah, that, that energy guy. So uh, that's just that's tough. I so. think I think something that we overlooked big time, especially you know when it started out eight and zero and everything, or that that people overlooked was that you know this team, like you just mentioned, they've played together, but they haven't really played together. Yeah, you know, in, in game style, atmosphere, and transfers, freshmen, new faces, just people that haven't been able to put in seasons of chemistry together on the court at the D1 level that's not practice. Yeah, and what I've said earlier this 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 month was you can't shortchange the process. I think I said that. Right. Uh, there's no shortcuts to this. 
and uh, Valpo's proving that there are no shortcuts to this. <laughs> you know, they started 8-0. It was fool's gold to an extent. You know, there's some good teams in there, good mid-major to low-major teams that they beat in that stretch. You know, Utah State's going to turn out to be okay. Uh, you know, Wilmington and Samford should uh, should be de- Kent State should be decent. Um, but I, were, were any of those teams that they beat in those eight games or, or with Santa Clara, the ninth game, were any of those teams comparable to what they're going to see in the Missouri Valley Conference? Right. And quite frankly, I don't know the answer to that. I really yeah. don't. And also, were they comparable or comparable to the next six games that they were going to play, too? Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, going on the road for, you know, getting getting back home is going to be nice for Valpo. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe this break, this Christmas break will be good. And... You know, I, I remember talking last year with a couple of the guys after they lost to Santa Clara in double overtime at home. You know, I think Alec Peters had, had mentioned, you know, you you just want to you just want to get back out in the gym. These guys are going to be going through. You know, Micah Bradford's going to be opening up Christmas presents, thinking about O of ten shooting from the three point line. At least, I guess he probably should be thinking about that. You know, right. I mean, it, it just it, when you lose going into a break, everything is. It's just a little, I mean, the sky's a little bit grayer, you know, the food doesn't taste as good, the, the Christmas music a little bit more annoying, um, and, and you know these guys are going to be itching to get back on the floor, and they'll get a chance to do that a week from today, Thursday, uh, when they play Indiana State. Uh, Parker, what I want to do here now is, uh, is we did this last year. It's very ironic that we did this last year, given that we did it right after the Jabril situation sure. happened. And it's even more ironic that we're going to do it right now, given the Joe situation. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, final exams just happened for the Valpo basketball team yes, they and, did. and for the Valpo, Valpo University. Yeah. And we're kind of at the mid, not the halfway point of the season, but for lack of a better term, we're going to call it the halfway point. Did you? Uh, did you? Did your students live up to expectation for these? Final? Sure. Oh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I love all of them. Fantastic. Um, so it's time to hand out, and this is when we would have some theme music going on. It's time to hand out grades. There we go. Okay, drum roll. It's time to hand out grades, midterm grades for the Valparaiso basketball team. And we did this last year. We went player by player, and we went through. And uh, and I think last year it was a bit more clean cut, or clear mm-hmm. cut, as to who was getting what grades. Um this year it's tough, and uh, what what order should we go in here? Do we want to go by numerical order? Do we want to go by? Uh, um, do should we go least amount of points to most amount of points? So how do you want to do this? Uh, let's. Uh, I feel like we could go most amount of points to least. I think that would make it most interesting. If we went most amount of, we got the good grades out of the way right away. How about we start with least amount of points? <laughs> okay, first? that's fine. That works. Let's start off with a heavy grade right off the bat. Uh, Parker Hazen, he's played 13 games. He started 10 of them. He's averaging 11.9 minutes, 1.5 points per game, 1.8 rebounds per game, four assists, 15 turnovers. Um, He's missed all five of his three-pointers. I've seen this guy hit 15 in a row in the gym. Uh, What is it? Is it a D? Is it an incomplete? Is it an F? What? Yeah, I, this is... It can't be any higher than a D. I think this is tough to gauge because, yeah, obviously he hasn't played well, but he also, you know, for starting 10 of the games, hasn't really been able to play much. I mean, he's averaging just a shade under 12 minutes a game. I think I think D+. Plus, like I think it's closer to see just because I just don't I don't feel like he's played enough minutes to you know to get a full gauge the of students would love you in the way that you grade. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, I you're, said, you're grading this the way that I grade my students. I said I said D plus is that that's not good. You, well, look, you <laughs> added the plus, which is like <laughs> I don't care if it's a plus at the end of a D or the plus at the end of an A. When you put a plus in there, you're saying. There's a plus. And, All right. And again, I'm not trying to, to harp on the guy. Matter no, of fact, yeah. Matter of fact, Parker played three minutes last night in the first half and didn't play in the second half. And that's the first time all season that Parker Hazen has not played in the second half of a basketball game. Uh, he played three minutes in the second half, 
against Northwestern. He played eight minutes in the second half against Santa Clara. Uh, you know, Parker, he played 15 minutes against Santa Clara. Um, for a guy that has started, he's averaged a shade under six minutes in the first half and 5.18 minutes in the second half. Uh, I have this fancy spreadsheet on my computer where I break down who's played what per, uh, in, in each half. Mm. So I just think it's interesting to see who's getting on the court more and how do they vary from, from half to half. Like, uh, for instance, Max Joseph averaged 10 minutes in the first half, but he's averaged 13.2 minutes in the second half. It just shows that, you know, when, when the, the going gets tough, Lodic goes with the experience. Um, I asked Matt Lodic yesterday about Parker Hazen, and, you know, I, I said, look, I didn't see the beginning of the game. The camera operator was terrible on the, uh, the game. <laughs> right. And, and I, I just said, is Parker get hurt? Is he in the doghouse? What's the deal? And then he said that, um, he, he's basically said, I, th- I thought Malik was a bright spot in the first half if there was one. And then later on in the game, uh, you know, and he, he talked about playing Martin a little bit. And then he said that uh, we decided that we can't make a shot. I'm just going to put two seven-footers out there and just pound the ball inside. So he played Smiths and Soroya together. He said Parker was kind of the odd man out. Um, we we ask about Parker a lot because I think we're interested as to you know the development that he's going through and and I'll tell you that Lodic always speaks very highly of Parker and uh, I, I would say I know that it's the first grade that we're giving out and I'm saying that I'm giving Parker a D. Uh, I would say that if there's one player on the team who's capable of, of rising far beyond that, I think he might be the guy. Yeah, a I couple still, of letter grades. In the theme of, of Star Wars, there's good in him, and I think it's going to come out. I, I do think it's going to come out. I want to point out that you just you crushed me for a D plus and you, and you gave a D. That's like a, that's like a five, three to 5% difference. Okay, look, <laughs> when you hand out grades, you'd be shocked – if you give out like an A versus an A minus, the amount of people who will like fill up your email inbox oh, gosh. about that. Oh goodness. Or if you give out an A minus or in, and you give them a B plus or something like that, it's terrible. Man, <laughs> it's hard out here for a professor. I uh, <laughs> it's hard out here. I imagine. I Man, imagine. The amount of I get more you never got any flack from me though. No, I, and I've had I you seven times. No, yeah, no, I, I, I did I have not I have not. So <laughs> Um, good, good job. Good job by you. Okay. Martin, Martin Linson, 12, 12 games, eight and a half minutes, which I got to tell you, and we'll go through this in a little bit here at the beginning of the year, when I picked over unders of where these guys could fit in, I said that Martin Linson would play eight and a half minutes a game. He's played eight and a half minutes. Yeah, right there. And what's really great. This is funny. I had, uh, I had 20 some odd people fill out the over unders that we did. Um, all but one of them got his minutes wrong. They picked over or under. The only person that picked a push was John Bowker. The voice <laughs> of Union Street Hoops, John Bowker, yes. picked a push on eight and a half minutes a game. He knows something. He's seen a lot more Valpo basketball than anybody, I think. Sure. And, uh, uh, Martin Linson, man, uh, God love him. He is fun to watch play, but he just he doesn't play all that often. If you know someone on the Valpo message board last night said Martin Linson should start, he'd fall out by the first yeah, media timeout, right? It would be, I mean, yeah, it'd be tough. He's so raw. He's so but but Martin's got ten steals. You remember when we were sitting with Mark Adams and he kept he kept raving about Martin Linson and yeah. how how he worked so hard and worked his tail off. And I mean, you can, you know we can see that. He he's a guy I think. Um, I almost want to give him an incomplete right now because I just don't feel like he has had the time to show everything. He, now that's not a that's not a criticism of the coaching staff because I don't think that he's done nothing to warrant getting more time. Because quite frankly, I mean the guy's got twenty seven personal fouls right. in one hundred and two minutes. Um, yeah, I just uh, I, I you know he's got he's got double the amount of fouls that Tavon Walker's got in half the amount of time. And, uh, and I just think that, uh, that, that that's tough. But I'm going to give Martin an incomplete right now. I won't, would not give an incomplete if it was the end of the year. But I think that, you know, like Parker, there may be 
I think these first three guys we're going to talk about, there's better basketball ahead because they're freshmen. I think so, too. So, uh, and, and so Martin is averaging 2.8 points per game in the 12 games he's played. The third freshman is Malik McMillan, another guy who, uh, you know, 10.5 minutes a game, um, 3.5 points per game, 1.8 rebounds per game. He's got five three-pointers. Um, what do you see from Malik? What do you what do you think about? Yeah, that? I think that he's shown you know more promise than than we would have thought coming in. It's not now. It's not to say that you know he didn't show promise. It's just that I thought that, that you know we felt he was going to look a lot like a freshman this year, just based on you know what we heard and, and some of the early games. But I mean, he's you know he's looked pretty pretty solid for the time he's played. You see the ten minutes he's shooting. Around 44% from the field, 41% from three, which, and again, you know, made five and only attempted 12. But still, um, yeah, from from a numbers perspective for, you know, the time he gets, he makes pretty good use of his minutes. But then you also, you know, you also note that he is a, he's a freshman. And in the limited minutes, I mean, he's, you know, he has 17 turnovers this year and has played you know, in, in the 13 games, so it's at least a turnover a game in limited minutes, which, you know, that's, that's a freshman statistic. But, I, I mean, I think overall, you know, it's it's like the last we've talked about, it's, it's tough to gauge when you don't when he doesn't play a lot and is a freshman. Yeah, and he didn't play in the second half of the Santa Clara game, and, you know, he's he played 10 minutes in the first half against Riverside. That's the most minutes he's played in any half. All season, you know, he played ten minutes. I guess he played ten minutes against Sanford, but he certainly never played that much minutes in the first half before. So, uh, I'm going to give Malik a. Uh, I'm going to give him a C, and I, I with with obviously with chance to to improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's uh, that's fair. Th- that's that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a C there for Malik McMillan. Well, then I guess I better go C plus. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there, 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 there. You're handing out those pluses like the candy. Uh, how about John Kaiser? The former walk-on, and how long? John Kaiser. How long do we have to refer to John Kaiser as the former walk-on? Look, I've already. I mean, I, I feel like we've moved past that, but I also feel that you know fans probably haven't. Because Aaron Levitt makes a good point that that since there's no walk-on on the team, Kaiser's kind of going to continue to be that guy that when he does something, you like, oh, really excited about it. But right. it's like, you know what? He's a scholarship player. He's good. Is he held to a different uh, level of expectation now that he's a scholarship player than as opposed to last year? I, well, I feel like that would be the case usually, but I almost don't know if, you know, in terms of public perception, if that's how it's going. I still think when, when you know, when Kaiser's put out some, some solid games, especially, you know, things that don't show up numbers-wise, he does a lot of things that aren't statistical that, that help a team out big time. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy that has has played well, and I think that I think that the casual fan will still kind of perceive him as that walk on. But I think you know, for us, I think we just see him as another scholarship player. And he's moved into the starting lineup, and it's something that Lodick said that he was we wanted to do maybe at the beginning of the year, but then two broken noses in the uh, a broken nose twice, not two broken noses. <laughs> right. I don't know how to say that. Uh, I got a B minus for Kaiser. I could be talked into a B, I think, but that's not to say that I ever want students to come into my office and try to talk me into another grade. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, uh, I think a good solid B for the effort and a B minus for the production. Yeah, I think I, say. I think B is fair, just based on, you know, he does what he is expected to do and he does it at a solid level um i don't think necessarily he's done anything that we were like oh my gosh i didn't expect this so i think that's why you know he's at a b as opposed to higher but um but he everything that he's expected to do he does and he does it at a very solid level all right jay Soroya started all 11 division one games uh, 16.8 minutes a game. Same. I think this one's interesting. Yeah, he's averaging the same amount of minutes that John Kaiser's averaging. Um, yeah, 5.3 points, 4 rebounds, 9 blocks, and uh, 52% from the floor. What do you think about Jay Soroy? Well, what, do you, what do you give him? I think, I think that based on last year, I feel as though Jay would have been doing more. You yeah, know? I yeah. So I think... 
I think you have to kind of go lower for Jay. I mean, that being said, you know, five points, four rebounds, almost a block a game, which he's shooting 52%, which that, I mean, that's, you know, that's a big plus. You want your big men to be above that 50 mark. You want them to put the ball in the basket at least half the time. But yeah, I just think based on last year, we would have expected more. So I think, I think C minus ish. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair a fair assessment here. I think if we could just replicate the Utah State game where he had 16 points and 8 <laughs> rebounds sure. in a game where they really needed him to step up, I mean, I think maybe that alone get, bumps it to a C for me, but I could be – C- minus is fine just because of the fact that, you, you know, he hit that wall at the end of last year and you right. wanted him to – you wanted him to, to shake that off and – it's really interesting to look at Soroya and Smiths because, you know, they both average 16 minutes a game. A traditional starting center, you think, would be 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. These guys split so much time. So right. it's hard to look at their numbers almost, you know, you almost want to look at them in the aggregate and you want to kind of combine what they do. And I think that probably gives a ding to both of them overall mm-hmm. in terms of what we see because of the idea that, um, they're just not, uh, they're not given the time to do that. But if you give the time to one of them, then the other one's not going to do as much. And I'll tell you, Soroya and Smiths have both had moments where they have shined. Uh, Smiths has had a couple games at the beginning of the year, notably when he did really well. And then there have been times when, well, you've got to hope that Martin Linson's going to bring it because, mm. you know, they both get into foul trouble right away. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you on there, and, and so that said, let's go to Derek really quick. Um, he's averaging seven points a game, which is excellent. You know, four point two rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only got five blocks, which I really <laughs> thought, and I think he really thought, and everyone really thought that that Smiths would be. What was your over under for that one? Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. The over under is thirty blocks for Derek Smith. That's. And I think that one's safe. Yeah, he's got he's got five, um, but again, you know, if okay, if he's getting full time starters minutes, Soroya and Smiths have combined for fourteen blocks right now. So that's fair. That's you know maybe maybe he's got maybe he's got ten or eleven blocks right now if he's playing you know full time minutes. Sure, but he's not, and you know yeah, so splitting time definitely. Um, I think I think Derek is interesting this year because this I think it's almost the reverse case of Jay because I think last year based on last year I don't think we would have expected Derek to score seven points a game I don't I don't know that we necessarily he's shooting sixty nine he's shooting sixty nine percent I don't think any of us would have expected that so I I mean person now also but you, you know you also look he has twenty nine turnovers you know has been sometimes questionable with in in that department but overall i think i think derek has played above standard from where we think he would and and for that i would say i would say like b minus i got b minus down as well for derek and look you know it's funny too parker if we had recorded this yesterday after the santa clara game <laughs> all these grades would be like a half letter grade higher yeah. That's why you never grade people when you're in a bad mood. Right. Like if the Packers lose a game, which doesn't happen often until this year, <laughs> I would never try to grade my students during after a Packer loss because yeah. you're just you're going to be upset. And I think each one of these grades, I, I think if we listen back to this, say Valpo rips off a couple wins in the Missouri Valley Conference to start the conference season, if we listen back to this, we may be like, whoa, like you guys are really harsh. Yeah. And then I sure. might be like, one of twenty. From three points, right, you know? so, <laughs> right, right. Like trying to remember twelve percent, twelve percent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of Michael Bradford, um, <laughs> thirteen games, thirteen point seven minutes a game. He's fourteen of forty-eight from the three-point line for twenty-nine percent. What uh, you know? I Look, guess, what was he? O of ten. So I guess he was fourteen of thirty-eight. This is going into the last game. Yeah. I'm doing some quick math here because I can't do this off some the quick, top of my quick head. Some quick maths? 
Shout out Big Shaq. Okay, so he was at 36.8% going into the Riverside game, which we'd set the over-under at 33.3%, and now he's down to 29.2%. That's, uh, I mean, that's a killer right there. It's not good. Anytime you're below 30% from deep and, and you and take a, a high ball, right, you take a lot of them, that's not good. I think, I think Micah has underperformed. I think he's been underwhelming. This year, which is unfortunate to say because I, I personally, I kind of, Michael was someone I expected to contribute big time for this team, especially in, you know, a backup point guard role, but. I just didn't know where his minutes were going to Right, I mean, that was always tough. They have a lot of guards, but I, I think that the sky is always the limit for someone who's just expected to score, right? Because if, it, you know, you have you have your job and it's either it's either going to happen and you're going to be on or it's not going to happen and it's going to look bad and unfortunately for Micah this year it hasn't looked great and he's he's scoring 6 points a game shooting under 30% from 3 under 40% overall 37 from the field and it's just and act, and actually I didn't even realize this, but he's shooting fifty percent from the free throw line. That's bad, man. I mean, over look. He's shooting thirty seven percent. That's second worst on the team behind Hazen. Hazen's only taken nineteen shots. Bradford is fifth on the team in field goal attempts at seventy, and really kind of fourth on the team now if you take Burton out of the equation. Um, man. His, I mean, he had 13 games, he has 18 assists. That's, you know, a little over one. He does have more assists than turnovers, yep. which he is one of, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four guys, five guys to be in that situation. Uh, and matter of fact, he has really, you know, uh, probably the best assist to turnover ratio on the team in terms of, uh, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got eight steals. But yeah, I is is it is it C is it C minus is it lower than I th- that? You know, is it the shooting percentage? Yeah, all things taken in consideration. Look, I would love to, I would love to give Micah just a C, just because I think he could go and do a lot more. But I just, I just feel like personally, I expected a lot more, and I almost want to say D plus. Okay. C minus right, maybe. All right, all right. Well, I gave him a C minus. So you can give him a D plus. A sixty nine point nine, like you know. <laughs> and maybe you round it's up. It's really maybe, close. Maybe, maybe you don't. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, some finesse stuff there. So, okay. uh, let's look at a, a guy that I. Wait, know, wait. What'd you give him? I gave him a, a C minus. Yeah. It's. Yeah. But I could be talked into lower. I guess. I just man. Every time I look at that. Thirty-seven point one percent, twenty-nine point two percent, and and look, I think that's fine if you're Parker Hazen, and you don't get a lot of opportunities, but yeah. you're a scorer. That's your job, right? right? And that's you're not a freshman this year. That's tough. That's tough. But again, another guy that I don't doubt will be in the gym, living in the gym over sure. Christmas break. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he already does that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, and and you know, I, I have great respect for uh, for for him and the process that he goes through. And all Definitely. That. So. Uh, okay, Max Joseph. Um, you know he's he's played 13 games. He started three. He's the only senior played against Riverside. One of the more experienced players on the team. Um, it's always kind of odd when you're in that bridge between two different eras and you got some holdovers. And, and this year it's Tavon mm-hmm. and Max Joseph. Um, he you know he is who we thought in terms of. He's got 12 offensive rebounds. He's got 42 defensive rebounds. Which look. Are you reading this properly? He has the second most defensive rebounds on the team. Yeah. Behind Marcus Golder. Max Joseph. Yep. Max Joseph is averaging 4.2 rebounds per game, which... Also, he has the second most assists on the team. I got to go B+. Plus. I, that's a, uh, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, actually, that exact same grade. And I was going to say the only thing... Because Max, we've talked about it. We talk about it all the time. Max does a lot of things that don't show up statistically. And he does those things very well. Yeah. So all those things considered... 18 steals. The only thing that keeps him away from an A- minus or an A for me 
is three-point shooting and free-throw yeah. shooting. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, look, he, he's one person on this team that you know is, is he's consistent. He does what he needs to do, and he does it at a high level. Yeah, he's 2 of 16 from the three-point line. He missed his first 10 of the year. He missed his first, like, 12 of the year, I think. And then he, he – no, he, he hit the first one he took against Riverside, and then – and then he just kept taking them, uh, <laughs> like everybody did. So right. uh, you, you want to see three-point, you want to see free throw improve. And, God, he has had some situations where he's missed, like, four straight free throws. Right. And, and he had one against Riverside, which wasn't quite Micah Bradford against Northwestern bad. But, I mean, he got the ball in his hand and just, like, threw it at the rim. Right. I mean, it was his, his ref to Max's hands to rim – was like 0.8 seconds. I mean, and he just threw it at the rim. And I was like, wait a minute, what did he just... It, it was like the equivalent of like when someone gives you a ball at a pickup game, and you're like, no, I want a different ball. He just threw it away. Like that was how he took the shot. And, wow. And so he's got to fix those two things. But I give him a B plus because of all the other things. Yeah, I'd he agree. Does. And he does a lot of good for this team. And and I think people look at Max and think, well, he's he's not flashy. But he's yeah. gritty, and uh, right. you know, I give I give Max a lot of credit, and I think he's really developed into a serviceable player. Now, you need if you're going to have a guy like Max in your team, you need some high volume, you know, offensive players to complement him and all of that. And uh, and now we're moving into the four that that are pretty much the heart and soul of this team. And uh, this first one here, JUCO transfer, didn't quite know what to expect at the beginning of the year from Marcus Golder. Mm-hmm. I think he's evolved into a guy that. Uh, is instant energy off the bench, but now I think he's going to be a starter going forward. One would think uh, Marcus Golders averaged, he started four of the 13 games, he's averaged 20 minutes a game, shooting 44% from the field and from the three-point line, 80% from free throw. He's got 4.4 rebounds per game. It's a lot of fours. Yeah, he's got 44 defensive rebounds. <laughs> um, look at that. Yeah, 44% from the field from three point, 44 defensive rebounds, 4.4 Per game, um, if you uh, consistent, yeah, very very consistent. Um, and sixteen assists and sixteen turnovers. Yeah, he was also consistent. He's got eleven steals and it's eight good. blocks. Leads a team with eight blocks. Right. Um, and and have been high, some of them have been highlight blocks too. Yeah. So I I'm really hesitant. I know they're nine and four, but yeah, in the wake of what happened last night, I'm hesitant to be handing out A's over here. Yeah, I agree. But another B plus for me, I think, for Marcus Gold. I was I was going to say the same thing. I I mean, we didn't know exactly what to expect. We knew coming into the year that he's going to bring athleticism and he's going to be fun. Um, I don't know that necessarily we thought he'd be averaging close to ten points a game and and also being extremely efficient from, you know, most most facets of basketball. I I, th- I think in order for him to kind of get that grade at the end of the year, he needs to maintain and probably even show a little bit more. If he's going to get more right. minutes, because uh, I suspect he'll play more than 20 minutes a game going forward, mm-hmm. he's going to have to you know jump that up to 13 or 14 points a game yeah. in, in lieu of the fact that he'll probably be now be the number two or number three scoring option mm-hmm. on the team. And maybe that's a lot of pressure to put into a guy who is playing – now into Division One conference play for the first time in his career. But there we go. Uh, okay, Bakari Evelyn, the only guy to start all 13 games so far. Uh, that's that's crazy to think yeah. that through the non-conference there's only been one player that started all 13, Tell you. All 13 games. But injuries are, are no joke, and, uh, and obviously Jay Soroya has started all of his games, but he had to miss... Uh, a couple there, and Joe Burton started all of his games, and now, you know, we'll get to him. Uh, Bakari, 10.4 points per game. Um, another guy, man, shooting below 30% from the three-point line, 28.3%. Yep. And, uh, but he's 83% free throw shooter. He's got 46 assists, which leads the team, 37 turnovers, leads the team, 17 steals, which is up there, um, 41% overall from the floor. And, uh, you know, I, there's good and there's not so good right. with Bakari. Where Never do you mind. have him? Well, he, see, he does a lot of things. He does a lot of things well. And um, now I didn't say great. He does a lot of things well. He does them good. He's averaging 10 points, like you mentioned, 46 assists. He also pulls in three rebounds. Shoot, yeah, yeah, shooting. Shooting is tough, especially when you consider that he has taken the second most field goals 
on on the team. There's only one over 100 beside Tavon, and uh, obviously it took him four more games to get over 100. But, and uh, he's also taken the second most three pointers on the team. For those reasons, I don't I, I don't think you can hand Bakari. You certainly can't hand him an A. And I don't I don't think B plus is is necessarily where we should go either. I think it's either a B or a B minus. And um, but just you know, as a point guard, what he does. Other things that don't show up on a stat sheet, I'd say just a solid B. I'll give him a B on the stat sheet, but then when there are mistakes that are made on the floor and I watch his reaction to some of those mistakes, That's fair. then I want to give him a B-, minus yeah. because I think this team needs a leader in vocal and in poise, and, and you gotta you look for your point guard, and always you look for that, you know? Like Lexus Williams? No, I would say you can absolutely say Lexus Williams. <laughs> like right? Lexus Williams? Yeah, as, as, as Parker tried to cover up the mic here and say, but no, I look, uh, Valpo misses Alec Peters, no question. Valpo misses right. Jabril Adekoya, no question. Um, Shane Hammock. Shane, yeah, Shane, yeah. And, uh, and, and we miss Nick Davidson, right? Absolutely. Of course we miss Nick Davidson. But I'm telling you, I think the player that has missed the most – I mean, look, Alec, yes. You put Alec on the team, it's a different story. So, like, He's playing for the Suns. But, yeah, um, Lexus is such – he's just – and it's there's no knock on, on the point guards they have now. No, but it's not. You can't – like I said, you can't shortcut the process. Bakari hasn't gone through the process yet. Mm-hmm. Micah hasn't gone through the process yet of daily grind of Division One basketball. And Lexus Williams did go through the process – Plus, he dealt with the adversity of having the game taken away from him because of injury. And now you look and see what Boise State is doing with Lexus Williams as their starting point guard. And, that I mean, look, they beat Oregon at Oregon. And they needed a crazy shot from him to do it. But that just illustrates to me that that you miss a lot when he's not here. I always, you know, I always said, as, in terms of people that I've seen here, and and it played at Valpo. Just you know, this being my sixth year, uh, Lexus Williams is is the best floor general I've ever watched. Yeah, and uh, and, and Bugs was good. Bugs but, was fantastic. But personally, I I thought I thought Lexus was a better floor general. But, yeah. I mean, look, because handing out grades, I'm giving Lexus Williams an A. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and look, I've, I agree. And I said that I've watched a lot of Boise State basketball mm-hmm. because I stay up late and yes. they're on all the time. So. Right. Uh, the Boise State this year is my new BYU. I watched like yeah. fifteen BYU games last year because their their guy TJ Hawes and Eric Mika were there, a lot of fun to watch. They're very but, good. Uh, okay, well, getting just re, you know so we can re just state it. Um, Bakari does a lot of things well, and there's just a couple of things that you know haven't looked so great, and I think that's why we give him a B or a B minus. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna sit. If there's if there's something in between B and B minus, that's where I'm living with. Like eighty three, eighty three point eighty three point four four nine. So I don't know if I'm rounding up or rounding down. That's where I'm at right gotcha. now with, with Picard. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, let's do Tavon Walker right now. Uh, it's got to be an A minus, an A. I, I, I think I, it's I, an A. I think it's an A. I just the 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 thirty two percent. Uh, from three-point, you kind of wish that was, like, a little bit higher, but, you know, you're not going to knock him for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the one game where he, you know, kind of was underwhelming. He had mono in that game. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and he I, still played. Yeah, so... Uh, and yeah, it was against Purdue. <laughs> I think it's a solid A. I think it's an A, too. I, I think 16.4 points a game, 20 steals. He leads he, the team in steals. He leads the team in points. He leads the team in rebounding. It, yeah, you know, it, it, he is what he's needed to be this year yes. when he's on the floor. He's the best defensive player on the team. And I think it's been proven that in how lost they've looked without him, they beat Ball State if Tavon Walker's there. Yes, I, think. Uh, I agree. Maybe Northwestern doesn't make the first 11 billion three-pointers <laughs> if Tavon Walker's on the floor. Yeah, I don't know if that game's necessarily a different yeah, outcome. No, but... I don't think it's a different outcome. And I think they obviously play better against Riverside if he's on the floor. Sure. I think he Tavon gives you a method for getting easy baskets mm. and his ability to drive to the lane. And 
Yeah, he's a solid A, no question. And even finding out that he had mono against Purdue was, you know, that wasn't going to make a difference. But it was, it's interesting to think about, you know, if he would have been, you know, at 100%, maybe he would have done a few things differently. Yeah, But so uh, pretty solid A, a here, and yep. hope that he returns for the Indiana yes. State game. I yes, think that, yeah. Okay, Joe Burton. Um, there, you know, this is this is really unique. Yeah. So let's let's try to step away from what we've learned in the last twenty four hours, right? And just concentrate on the on court stuff mm. for the moment. I feel like we had the same exact conversation about Jabril Adekoya at this time last year when we said let's ignore the yes what we don't know and just talk about no the we actually did stuff. though yeah no, no we, so ha- we said these yeah, the exact same words that we said right. So let's ignore wow. what we don't know for the moment, and we'll talk about it in a second. Mm. On the court, what do you see? I mean... 48% from the floor, 37% yeah. from three-point. Uh, He's a 77% free-throw shooter. He's second on team in scoring. Six blocks. He, You know, st- I'll say this. Joe's numbers, they look, they look pretty solid. I mean, they look pretty solid. But we also, before the last few games, we've talked about how where where has Joe been aggressively? Yeah. And like, th- there was that stretch of games, um, the Kent State, Wilmington, and Utah State, where he was just vacant. Yeah. And really, when he when he made his debut against Edwardsville, you know, we thought he'd come out and, and, and yeah, just chuck drop fifteen on the first possession, but he didn't, and he played kind of within himself. I would tell you that Joe, to me, has the numbers of a really good number three option on the team, but he was not the number three option on the no. team. He was the second option yep. on the team, and for a stretch here, he's been the number one option on the team. And he, and those numbers went up when he Yeah, was, these last few games have helped you know, stock, certainly. Because, he st- he, like we talked about earlier, he's really started to play well, and, and we, you know, we don't know if that's going to continue or not, but... It's. I think Joe is interesting because it's been kind of that half and half, right? Like we we've seen him play really well, and we've also seen him play very passively. So I think that makes it an an interesting grade. I would. You know what I wanted to see from him? I what? wanted to see Shane Hamming's numbers. Yeah, that's. that's I think I, that's what a lot of people thought. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see fifty percent from the. Th- from the field or along those lines or, mm. or, you know, maybe a little bit less because he's, you know, um, you know, Shane shot 33% from the three-point line, 80% from the free-throw line, uh, and averaged 15 points a game. That's what I thought Valpo was going to be Both getting. crazy athletic. Yeah, I thought that, that if there was one role that he would slot into, it would be Shane Hamming's mm. role. Um, and I thought, I thought Joe more smooth handling the basketball – than than Shane, but then you also look, um, his assist turnover ratio is eight to sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So so, I I would probably would give Joe on the court a B minus, and it's more not because of the production, but because of the expectation mm-hmm. that I thought. I mean, the production probably says B. Right, I agree. Uh, but the expectation that comes with the pedigree of being a a top 100 recruit, played in the Big 12, yada, 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 you wanted to see a little bit more. So I'd say I on the court, B- minus for Joe Burton. Off the court, F. I mean, if that if that's the situation that it's going to be, you know, I mean, right. it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. But, like, yeah. one of the roles and responsibilities of being a Division One athlete is, you know, they call it a student athlete for a reason. It's you got to take care of that stuff. And, and, again, we don't know all the details or anything no. like that. And it, uh, it certainly sounds like it's not a situation the same as Jabril's situation where it just sounds like, you know, it's, again, failing to meet university academic standards and um, – you know, the so, university matter, as we heard yeah, many the, times the last university year. matters. So uh, whether or not we're ever talking about the on-court production again from Joe Burton, I don't know. I really have no idea what's happening, and uh, and I don't think uh, either one of us, it, it's not really fair to speculate. And right, <laughs> right approaching conference time again. <laughs> How did yeah, how Paul? The more th- you have the answers. How oh, man, I don't have the answers. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So 
uh, that's tough, tough situation. Do we want to? Do we want to grade just the team overall? Yeah, do we want to grade I mean, coaches look, it, or? And, and this is something that Matt Loddick said. Um, you know, he said, uh, you know, one senior played last night, no juniors. You it, it, really there there are there are two seniors and one junior on the team if you factor in Joe Burton. Um, but they're nine and four. Would, they are nine and four. Would you you would have taken nine and four at the beginning of the year? Yes. You know, if you, you would have, if, especially if you would have seen Purdue, Ball State, Northwestern, Santa Clara. I mean, you would, oh, you would have thought all of those were probably that. You probably would have thought those were the four. Yeah. So I mean, even if you take North Park and Trinity Christian out, because I I think non Division one games are a joke. Yeah. Um, I think if you start on the morning of November fifteenth and you say Valpo's going to go seven and four over the next eleven games into conference, and here's you, who they play. Yeah, you could point to Purdue and Northwestern as losses. You could point to Utah State probably as a loss in that situation, and probably one of the games between Kent State and Wilmington you would point to as a loss. Mm-hmm. And when Valpo won all those games, and they were eight zero. Well, then I thought, well, Purdue and Northwestern are still losses. Ball State is a coin flip. Santa Clara is a coin flip, although I didn't really know what they had coming back. So I just thought, you know, first game of a long trip. Right. And then I thought Riverside would be a win, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. But that Riverside was, you know, not doing great. But then they beat Cal. So, I mean, they've got talent on that team. There's no question. I think I, think I said two and six on this road trip, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I think two and four. I think. Oh, yeah, sorry, two and four. Two yeah, and four. in yeah. out of six games. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I. And, uh, well, I don't know, because I think I I thought Riverside was going to be a win, and then I thought that you Ball think, State. You didn't think Devon Walker had mono when you said that either. <laughs> right, that's that's fair. So, what did you say? On the road trip, mm-hmm. um, did well, you put anything I, out there? I don't think I did, but I would have. I would have said. Um, <laughs> you would have said they would have been have one said, in five to this. Point. No, I would have said <laughs> three. one in five. I would have <laughs> said three and three. I would have said uh, Purdue and Northwestern are losses. Yeah, and I would have. Uh, I, I would have banked on the two California games as wins mm-hmm. and uh, coin flip at Ball State and coin flip at Indiana State. Yeah. So I would have gone three and three, and uh, I'm going to fall short of that. I think Valpo nine and four. You like the record? They're five and zero at home. They're two and four on the road. Yep. They're two and zero in neutral. Uh, but given a lot of the manners in which they've struggled, a B minus is probably the grade that I give overall yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. But that's I give a B minus to the team. Then I start to consider how young they are, and I kind of want to bump that up to a B, but. I'm going to stay B minus right now, knowing that they have the potential. Matt Lodick has said many times, uh, "We're going to be different in a month. Um, we're not going to make these mistakes in a month." Well, it's time to see what that month looks like—the mm-hmm. growing month that they're going to have. So, B minus is the grade that I'm going to go at right now, and that's probably because there is a level of heightened expectation around this program that you hold it to a higher standard. I also would like to go. I would like to go B, but now this final stretch, and I know it's a tough stretch. I know that, you know, these were games that were going to be hard. But the fact that, you know, you're carrying this and then you think about the off, off-court off issues as well and you're carrying all of this into conference play, I think that for me is what bumps it down to a B- minus, just because, you know, this, what what the Crusaders are going through right now, that's not what you want to take into your first year of a new conference, yeah, no, right? If this is Horizon League play, I don't think it's as big of a deal because I think you know what you're getting from every Horizon League team and you know what you provide to that league. But it's the first year of the Missouri Valley Conference. I would probably right now, if, if Valpo was in the Horizon League, I would put them right behind Northern Kentucky and Oakland in third place yes. going into conference play. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know where to put them in the Valley. Actually, no idea. I've, I ran a Twitter poll last night that uh, we're going to look here at. Oh. Uh, I haven't even looked at the results. Uh, 125 people have voted. I said Valpo went 9-4 and four in non-conference play. Where were the Crusaders finish in Valley Hoops? 10% said first or second. 
18% said third or fourth, 20% said eighth through tenth, and the leader in 52% is fifth through seventh place. And right now, without Joe Burton, without the unclear of uh, of Tavon Walker's status, I think fifth place is probably a good assessment. I, I voted in this poll, and I was part of the 52%, but actually my my vote was leaning more towards sixth. Yeah, that's fair. And and actually closer to seventh than fifth. Yeah, no, and that's 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 fine. Uh, I have a lisp, so it's hard for me to say sixth, which is why I went with, <laughs> which is why I went with fifth. Got you. So you know, no one ever notices it though. But I notice it when no, I no, absolutely to say it. sure. So, yeah, no, I so. get. You know, actually, I also ran a poll last night, um, uh, and it was whether Coach Justin Reese should wear a Star Wars or the Grinch sweater for Ugly Sweater Night for women's basketball, which is tonight. You know, I'm covering the Valpo women's basketball game tonight, and I was instructed that the only way that I could sit on press row is if I wore an ugly Christmas sweater. Oh, this is great. So I went to Kohl's because that's where I buy everything from, and I've got some Kohl's cash. It's a good choice. Everything was like small or medium. <laughs> I can't do that. Medium. The only the only ugly Christmas sweater that I have is actually a Valpo Crusaders ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> oh yes. And like tact states that I really can't do that. So I'm gonna have to wear like the loudest sport coat that I have tonight, right? I, yeah, I, mean, it's I think red. I think so. 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 so if I wear like red and green, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. We'll or you, you know, you could you could just poke some fun at someone and you know slap a picture on on your sweater I, I or could, something. Yeah, I could. Okay, um, you know, a quick look at the over-under competition that I did at the beginning of the season here. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick run-through of where we're at. Um, Parker Hazen, we said 5.5 rebounds a game. That's under. He's got 1.8, yep. and he ain't getting over that. No. There ain't no way that that's going to happen. Did either of us take over on it? Uh, you know, I don't oh, well, even, you, I don't you don't even do it. No, you... I voted. Oh, I you voted. did? Yeah, no, I did. I'm oh. tied for the lead right now. Um, I don't, well, where am I? I don't have yours on here. I oh. have to go back oh, and okay. listen to the thing. Uh, Micah Bradford, 33.3% from three. He's shooting 29.2. That's an under. Tavon, we had 82.5% from free throw. He's shooting 80.4. That's an under. Uh, Max Joseph, 1.2 offensive rebounds per game. He's at .92. That's an under. Oh, boy. Bakari, 5.5 assists per game. He's at 3.5. That's an under. And that was too high of a number to give him. I should have said 4.5. Even that is an under. Marcus Golder, 30 dunks. He's got 10. He's not on pace to get to 30. He was earlier. I guess we'll see what happens. I don't think he'll get to 30. Um, Joe Burton, 16.5 points per game. We thought maybe a little bit higher than the Shane numbers. He's at 11.5, and that's probably going to end that way. Uh, Mart Linson, 8.5 minutes per game. That's a push. That's exactly what he's at right now. Jay Soroya, 50% field goal percent. He's at 52.1. That's an over. Hey, an over. Derek Smith's 30 blocks. He's at five. That's under and under. Um, and I don't think he's going to get over there. All right. Malik McMillan, 4.5 rebounds a game. He just has not gotten the time to do that. So he's at 1.8. I should have set that at three rebounds per game. That still would have been under. John Kaiser, 10.5 minutes per game. He's at 16.8. He'll be over mm-hmm. in that situation. Um, and attendance for home games. Uh, we set it at 3,000. It's at 2,617 right now. That's an under, but that number should jump up into conference play. And then more assists or turnovers. Um, it's more turnovers right now by 33. Uh, I, think I took over on that one, didn't I? <laughs> I took did. assists. Yes, yes, you did. And I looked at you and said, brutal, brutal choice. Uh, wins is 19 and, a, 19 and a half, the over under. Well, they would need. They would need 11 wins. Uh, they've, they've got 18 conference games and then the conference tournament, so they need 11 wins in that. I, that's, I don't know if they're going to get to 20. A lot of unders. Uh, 1.5 wins in Arch Madness. I guess a lot of it depends on where their seed is. If they're going to be a 7 seed or a 6 seed or something like that, maybe they got a chance. Uh, where are they going to finish? Um, that was tricky because I said 3.5 over under, and then I think people have, like, not quite understood the over or the under. Like, if you're saying, okay, over, are they going to finish higher than 3.5? Meaning, are they going to finish third, third, second, or first? Or is it higher as a higher number? Uh-huh. It's, so, I don't know. Uh, postseason wins, longest conference winning streak, longest conference losing streak, okay, whatever. There were, uh, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 12, 24 people in the contest. Uh, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 
five people who've got ten right so far. Myself, someone from the Valpo message board whose name is M. No idea who that is. Hank Curry, who uh, is a, uh, a longtime Valpo fan. Uh, Hal Kilgore, also a, a Valpo fan who comes to a lot of the games. And somebody from the Valpo message board, VU84V2. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Of course. <laughs> Hal Kilgore, by virtue of him saying that Valpo was going to have 34 more turnovers than assists. Wow. Wins the tiebreaker. Holy smokes. And um, they have right now have 33 more assists, or more turnovers than assists. Yeah. But that's obviously going to change its time. It's a regrettable time. pick by myself. Yeah. So uh, Hal Kilgore right now is leading the five of us, and I have I am also right there. Wow. So I just want to say, you know, I got skills. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Absolutely. So. Okay, Parker, you got a big day in front of you today, and, uh, and and we're off for uh, for Christmas break. Yes, yeah, and it's been it's been real. Yeah, we'll be back next week before. Well, I'll be back. I don't know when you're coming back, but I'll be back next week with uh, some special guests to preview the beginning of conference play, which will begin on December 28th at Indiana State, and then December 31st at home against Missouri State. Valpo will return to the arc for the first time in 32 days. Uh, Quick, proverbial gun to your head. Where do you have Apple finishing? Sixth? Yeah, sixth. Yep, okay. that's where I felt on your poll. Okay, I'm going to go with fifth, and we'll see uh, We'll see what happens. So next week we'll have a full conference preview. Uh, Valpo in the Valley. We'll see what it looks like. Parker, thank you as always for joining. And uh, what, hey, what, what grade do you give Union Street Hoops for the fall semester? Oh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, the grading scale doesn't go beyond 100%. So, um at least an A plus at minimum, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think, but not even with a curve. I think we get an A plus. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think uh, um, the host of the show would would get at least an A plus. The co-host would would probably get lower, but you know. No, no. It is. But you know who should get an A plus? Everyone who listens to the show. Absolutely. Everyone who uh, who chimes in and everything like that. And we appreciate all of that. If you have any big uh, discrepancies in the grades that we handed out, feel free to hit us up. Uh, find us on Twitter. Yes, please. Find us on uh, on you know whatever mode of social media that you need to grab us in the hallway at the uh, at the basketball <laughs> games and and let us know. So and but but one thing. Stop! Stop with the with the coach thing. Stop with the hot seat. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm that, done. That was one guy who put Lodic on the hot. seat. I heard seat. another one. I'm okay. done with it. All right. Well, yeah. I think you people are crazy. So, uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Have a wonderful holiday season, and we'll catch you next week as Valpo prepares for the Valley. Take care, everybody.